0: Hey everybody, have you ever watched a game and said to your buddies, I knew,
1: insert player name here,
0: was going to do that? Alas, the sports gods have delivered us a solution, the Thrive Fantasy app. Thrive is a -a one-of-a-kind daily fantasy sports app specifically for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about top-tier athletes in the NFL, NBA, MLB. PGA, or eSports. For the NFL, you choose 10 out of 20 player prop options, and yes, even Falcons players are available. For fans of the NBA, MLB, or PGA and eSports events, choose 5 out of 10 player prop options to complete your lineup. Thrive even offers new contests daily for each PGA event, meaning if your golfer doesn't make the cut, you'll still have a chance to win big. By this time, you should be asking, but Nick, how do I make money? Well, Each prop has an associated over or under fantasy point total based on its likelihood to occur. But beware, the more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. By racking up the most points, you win the prize pool. And, since launching in 2018, Thrive has paid out more than $1.3 million in prizes. So what are you waiting for? Use promo code ROOM303 when you sign up and receive an instant $20 bonus. On your first deposit of $20 or more. Yes, that's $20. And also, code ROOM303. Download Thrive Fantasy and prop up today. Not all states qualify.
1: Ooh-wee. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to ROOM303. Take a seat. <laughs> Relax a little bit. I'm your host, Jermaine Colo mendez and this is my co-host, Nicholas Moran. How are you doing We're- today, Nick?
0: Good or do or do whatever you want again, like that like I've said, like I have said in previous episodes, this is America. We can't tell you what to do. just as long as you're listening to the podcast, we're happy. Thanks for joining us here on obviously uh, a somber day, right 911 uh, of course, always hold uh, hold the memory of the the three thousand people that died uh, in the World Trade Center attacks this morning and uh, the lives that have been lost since then in the war on terrorism. Uh, that's still raging today. So I just wanted to start off the show by by saying that and an actual moment of silence for those people. And there we go. So how are you doing, Jermaine? I don't ask you that enough.
1: Oh, I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, just, uh, just got off work. It's a nice sunny day outside, so can't really complain. Uh, it's always a strange day when you know the flag is flying half-mast. Always have thoughts on that, especially being prior service, so.
0: You know that Emma hit me with this knowledge bomb today? She said that, so she works in a high school, and she said that there is no high there is no person currently going to school at the high school who was alive for September 11th. Wow.
1: (laughs) Think Uh, about that. I was not ready for that, bro. (laughs) All right. Uh, So today's (laughs) trivia question is, what is the record for most pitches seen in one at-bat?
0: It's got to be crazy.
1: Bonus, what year and which teams? All right. So just to preface this, uh, there was an at-bat earlier this week that (laughs) was a staggering amount of balls seen. So that's why I asked this question. Who was it? Well, all right, so earlier this week, it was Cardinals Matt Wieters facing okay. Twins Caleb Theobar. But I won't say how many pitches or the situation until the end of the podcast because I don't want to give any hints. So go ahead and sit on that, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully you get the answer right. We'll let you know at the end of the podcast. We've got a few things for Nick talks out of his you-know-what this week. Is uh bum. <laughs> and both of them are my egregious errors, but it's still Nick's, Nick's fault. Uh, that's how oh, it works better. that's how it works in room 303 so i said jimmy g was the top five defense player i just want to make note that it was clearly hyperbole i'm a stand for jimmy g i think he's phenomenal and he typically guards the best wing player and wing players dictate championships i mean if you look back at the last several teams that have won championships it's all it's been dominant wing players it's, it's Kawhi, lebron kd you know and then uh, Kawhi again LeBron again <laughs> you know so it's before watch, that wash repeat Paul Pierce you know Kobe Bryant and so on and so forth so wing players are super important in the NBA so, uh, in particular that small four position that's who Jimmy guards and then the other one was, uh, it's not really uh, talks out of, as you know what, but we have to cover it. I did make a prediction that Deshaun Watson would be an unrestricted free agent for the 2023 se- season, but he decided to go board man get paid, which, hey, respect, get that second get that 30 mil, $39 million a year. I would have signed it, too. Bill O'Brien's likely to get fired before that, so y- he's all right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's 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 not too bad. Or I mean, well, I guess isn't Bill O'Brien the pseudo GM? So I, I mean,
1: yeah. So if this team fails, it's on him coaching and GMing.
0: Bill O'Brien so, is trying to win our win our favor with these with with these with these extensions here.
1: No, dude, he paid Randall Cobb a ridiculous amount of money when he didn't want
0: to pay DeAndre Hopkins. Get dude, out he of good. here. Good. Randall Randall Cobb is good. Randall Cobb had
1: a catch yesterday, I believe.
0: Oh sorry, it's not 2014 anymore. No, he's not playing
1: with Aaron Rodgers the, as the third option. <laughs> Let's get on to GMing with Jermaine.
0: It's my it's my favorite topic, GMing with Jermaine.
1: It's uh slowly it's becoming more and more prevalent because contracts just seem to keep getting handed out. Uh, speaking of Bill O'Brien's terrible decision making. You know, this is professional podcast, so segue McGee here. Uh, Nuke DeAndre Hopkins signed a new deal. So he added two years onto his existing contract with $54.5 million additional. 42.75 of that guaranteed. So he's under control, team control until 2024 at five years and 94 million.
0: Jeez, what a, what a solid deal. Dude,
1: and the real kicker on this is DeAndre Hopkins doesn't have an agent. So he, he negotiated this all in and doesn't have to pay whatever the percentage fee is for agents. So that's, that's all profit. You know, He might have got $6 million less than he wanted or whatever, but he didn't have to pay his agent, So he still made that $6 million. That, that's that. incredible. So he followed Richard Sherman's footsteps and said, hey, board man, get paid. That's right. The next deal that came out blew my mind. Right. The Browns signed Kareem Hunt to a one year deal this season for, I believe, $3.5 million, uh, at the start of March's offseason. And I was like, all right, makes sense. He's going to get a full season now, he's going to show his worth. And I guess he balled out in training camp so well that the Browns offered him a two year, $13.5 million extension with 8.5 million guaranteed. so now they have Kareem Hunt let me say this again Kareem Hunt for three years and 16.76 million dollars. Are you kidding me?
0: I mean like I, I don't know like how much he could have balled out in training camp. I think he deserves the deal, but I don't know how much he could have balled out in training camp for the Browns not to have like at least waited on this deal but good for him get paid No here's what I'm saying. That's a great deal for the Browns. Oh, for sure. But what I'm saying is, you know what an even better deal for the Browns was? One year at 3.5. No. They had him through this year.
1: Yeah, but now they're paying him $5 million for three years. And if they don't re-sign Nick Chubb and they keep Kareem um, Kareem Hunt.
0: That would, that would be such a mistake.
1: If they don't re-sign Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt's tread stays low, they have this man $5 million per year. I hear you. And we're looking at Melvin Gordon just got paid eight. Yeah, he got. I agree eight per, for two years, and now they have Kareem Hunt for three years at five. This is this is a steal. The Browns' new GM just continues to crush it. And then moving on to um, uh, cornerback position again, Jalen Ramsey <laughs> signed an absurd five year, one hundred and five million. Dollar contract. So just for uh you know context, Amari Cooper, a wide receiver, signed a five-year $100 million contract in the offseason. And Jalen Ramsey signed a five-year 105. He's getting one more mil per year than Amari Cooper at 21 mil a year with $71.2 million guaranteed. It's the largest contract signed by a cornerback. Here's the best part. Jalen Ramsey goes toe-to-toe with Amari Cooper on Sunday Night Football this week.
0: I bet that's going to be a uh, topic that is brought up in the discussion between them two. Is (laughs) Jalen Ramsey worth this amount of money?
1: Oh, this contract's going to age terribly.
0: (laughs) Okay, good. I'm glad glad GM Jermaine is on the same page with me. I looked at this deal and I went, Oh, I don't know. I don't oh, know if he's worth this type of money. Oh my goodness!
1: And the thing is, their defense has already got so many holes because Aaron Donald makes so much money, Jared Goff makes so much money. Like they're going to be playing rookies year in and year out at pivotal starting positions. This Rams team may have just GM themselves into a hole, and they might be a mediocre football team for the next three to four seasons. Here's the cr- the crazy part is. Seventy one point two million dollars guaranteed means that they have to keep him for the next three years. And cornerback play is is so close to being on the precipice of cliffs already that we've seen great corners go out and have the quintessential Pro Bowl season, and the very next year get chewed up by every wide receiver. Josh Norman. Josh Norman exactly. Josh Norman. that's probably the most recent example and you know maybe we could probably find another another one or two. That's insane money to me. I don't like the contract. uh good for Jalen Ramsey. Obviously he's
0: only the, the good thing is that he's only 25 years old though. so right. And this is me saying he could fall off.
1: It's more it's it's in the realm of more likely than less likely. So that's why I don't like this contract at all, especially because they didn't give themselves an out um, with the guaranteed money. There's a lot of dead money if they do have to cut them. Uh, I think, and that's the last contract I got for uh, GMing with Tremaine.
0: Yeah. So Brown's GM. Uh, kudos to you, Andrew Barry. Uh, Cardinals GM, who I'll get for a sec- I'll get in a second uh less not less Sneed, the rams gm not no kudos to you you don't get kudos
1: <laughs> zero kudos yeah uh yeah let's need really messed. well he's been boggling this rams team like uh sure. steve, steve kime is the uh, gm steve
0: kime, that's right they just got they oh no he's been the GM for a hot minute why do i think he just got promoted
1: uh i don't know how long has he been there
0: He's been there for a. War. He's been GM since two
1: thousand thirteen. Holy cow!
0: Don't you feel like he just got signed?
1: I feel like yeah, I really do. <laughs> huh? Maybe he was like co GM and he finally got like full reins or something. Either way, Maybe. he traded David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> More on David Johnson later. In today in tonight uh, today's main topic. Yeah. Moving on to NBA news. Uh, as we discussed pretty fervently, uh, as far as when the next season's going to start, um, the and I, t- I was telling everyone that I don't see it starting before Christmas Day, right? I see it starting on Christmas Day, but definitely not before, right? And uh, it's all but confirmed now. So the draft date has been revised to November 18th instead of October 16th, and Uh, Adam Silver's on the record saying the season won't start earlier than Christmas Day. So one of the thought processes behind this is they actually uh, are doing this because they want to push it back for the potential to have fans in the stadium. So I don't necessarily disagree with the thought process when they break it down like that. It's just going to be very, very interesting to see if they do do the All-Star game and if... if we have like a summer or a spring all-star game, it's really going to be trippy. Cause it's usually super cold wherever they go. <laughs> so it'll be very interesting, uh, dynamic as far as that goes. That's just something that popped into my, uh, to my mind. And then another thing that came out was coaches and staff after Mike Malone came out and said that it was a terrible rule had been approved for guests starting with conference finals. Uh,
0: not for not for Jimmy Butler.
1: <laughs> not for Jimmy Butler. No, sir. This is a business trip. So, uh, unfortunately, Mike Malone's definitely not going to be able to take advantage of that, and he's probably going to be looking for a job at the end, at the end of this. Why is he going to be
0: fired? What what is this whole? What is what is this whole chat about so, him being
1: fired? So Malone was down three-one and coached his team back into it using a a great defensive pivot to kind of contain donovan mitchell's pick and roll game a little more right Uh and they ended up coming back from 3-1 and winning the first round series so you would think like they would keep him right but malone's seat is hot because the nuggets keep you know finishing top three and then don't do anything in the playoffs right so in game, i'm I'm
0: aware yes i'm aware
1: (laughs) as a nuggets fan you are aware in game four i believe uh, I might be mistaken if you if you could look that up what the last game was. Yeah, they, game four. Uh, Jokic and Murray outtouched the rest of the team, two hundred like two hundred and twenty touches to one hundred and eighty five. Right, That's typically what happens with your two best players. And that's the same kind of rhythm and flow they use to beat the Utah Jazz. So he's stuck with what works, and he's stuck with what got him there. Then they have Chachmagach, uh, softer than Charmin, KD disciple, Michael Porter Jr., go onto the stage and have a post-game press conference and say, I just think that – because they asked him why he didn't shoot more um, in the second half because I guess he didn't attempt a shot. And he was just like, well, I just do what the coach tells me to do. I, I run whatever plays are called, blah, blah, blah. But I think with this team, we need to have more variety and essentially saying that he deserves more shots. The dude was starting for them in the first round versus the Jazz. He got benched because he was ass water. Yeah. Like, like one for seven performances, like two-point performances as a starter. Got benched. And all of a sudden, he gets benched. The Nuggets – Offense changes drastically, and they're scoring more buckets. Their bench unit has more potency, and they ended up winning that series based on Mike Malone's decision to bench him. And now he's questioning Mike Malone's
0: decision-making? Yeah, okay. And it looks bad
1: when you have a rookie, because this is his rookie season – a rookie calling out your coach. It looks like he doesn't have control of the locker room. He doesn't have the respect, and he's underperforming for where his team is finishing.
0: Or just Michael Porter Jr. is a baby back uh, you-know-what.
1: Well, I mean, I already said that. He is. He's KD's disciple, apparently. (laughs) So some of the news we have for the NBA all-defensive teams, uh, they announced the first and second. So Giannis, Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, And then Ben Simmons and Marcus Spart. So
0: there's no. Any any surprises?
1: Zero surprises. Zero surprise. Ben Simmons' defense this season was so good. Jason Tatum was glad he didn't have to see Ben Simmons in in the first round because Jason Tatum's like, it's similar to TJ Warren when uh, Jimmy G guards TJ Warren. Jason Tatum getting guarded by Ben Simmons, his complete production just implodes on itself. So he balled out because Ben Simmons wasn't there. The second team, there's an absolute shocker to the point where NBA s- superstars were flabbergasted. Um so the second team has Kawhi, right? No surprise. Bam Adebayo, no surprise. Brooke Lopez, no surprise. Patrick Beverly, no surprise. Eric Bledsoe. a shocker, bro. Here's here's the thing. If you go look at Chris Dunn's defensive statistics, although he played for a terrible Bulls team, the dude was a lockdown point guard all season. It was crazy how good Chris Dunn was on defense this year. But the man that they snubbed for the second team all defense is one of the best two-way players in the league on top of it. He is the star player on the New Orleans Pelicans. It's none other than Drew Holiday. Hmm. That dude is a stud at defense, and they they completely just they gave it to Eric Bledsoe. They gave three Bucks players all defensive teams. Get out of here! Did they not just see what they did with against the
0: Heat? Oh my God! I was wow. I, I'm disgusted by this. I'm what really- a what a transition, Jermaine. Because I was just about to ask you. Since the Heat beat the Bucks since our last uh, podcast episode, uh, Giannis Atutakempo, who's probably going to win MVP, as as stated by you earlier, uh, the I, I just wanted to get your opinion on basically every sports media personality out there is was licking their chops. They wanted Giannis to get eliminated so that they could make comparisons to 2009 LeBron, right? Or Le- LeBron at this point, Giannis at this point in his career, the same age as LeBron at, at his point in, in his career, had not won championships, was still playing with Cleveland, was playing with, quote unquote, a bum squad, right? <laughs> That's They can't wait to make this. So I wanted to get your, so, so 2009 LeBron. Obviously that Cavaliers team won sixty six games. They were the number one seed, and they lost to an Orlando team that, that was a matchup nightmare for them. Yeah. Do you think obviously the next year LeBron has the decision and he leaves? Do you see the comparisons between Giannis and LeBron?
1: Uh I mean I can see it. It's it's not uh Do
0: you do you agree with them?
1: No, I just – I don't – so LeBron, right? LeBron left because his teammates betrayed him, betrayed his trust, and uh, they were acting like petty little children behind the scenes, like taking snipes at him behind his back and stuff, right? So there was a lot of locker room politics uh, that ultimately led to LeBron leaving as well as like he wanted to go learn how to win – you know, from someone who's done it, he wanted to go to a franchise that actually (laughs) worked well. You know what I mean? That was a well-run team because the Cleveland Cavaliers are dysfunctional. And so it's kind of not really the same. I really think they just want this narrative because they're trying to set Giannis up as the next, the next, right. And it's not going to be Giannis. It won't be. It's, it might, it's probably not even someone in the league right now. Um, and if it is someone in the league right now, they haven't like officially announced themselves yet. Um, I just don't think Giannis is going to be that guy unless there's some drastic development with his shot. And Because, yeah, I mean, you saw the defensive game plans the last two years have worked against them. And the only way they're going to be able to do this is um, if they make a splash trade for, or signing for someone who can you know, help shoulder the offensive load because right now they're asking Giannis to do too
0: much. And is is, is is Chris Paul that guy? Oh. Oh wow.
1: Man. It has so I've I've been in the, in the camp, that's saying the point guard position is really what's been killing the Milwaukee Bucks the last two years. And uh, it's pretty funny because they let Malcolm Brogdon go to keep Eric Bledsoe, and I bet you they regret that now.
0: Well, he's a second-team all-defense. <laughs> the-
1: all right. <laughs> anyway, you almost got me. Um, but CP3 with that Bucks team is a fascinating parent. I don't know how they would get him there to have to look at contracts and stuff. As long as they don't lose Brooke Lopez or Chris Middleton, the, if CP3 to the Bucks would be awesome. I'm all on board with that. I does it fix it? Who knows? But I would say I would say I'm I'm leaning closer to, to yes than no, that's for sure. That'd be an interesting. If, that is, if that's something that can be done, I think the Bucks GM needs to do that.
0: It seems to have gotten you hyped. Oh, dude.
1: I, uh, Chris Paul I don't like anymore, but I used to love Chris Paul, right, before Doc Rivers turned him into a whiny, petty crybaby. But Doc Rivers did the same thing with Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett when they went to the Celtics. So it's just – It's just they take on the personality of their coach. And Doc Rivers, great coach, is a whiny crybaby. So, I mean, look at his son, Austin Rivers, whiny crybaby. They take on the personality. So, But CP3 is a baller, bro. I mean, you saw what he did. Yeah, That game seven series, that was great. And now we got like, whew.
0: So my my second question for you then is there's apparently been a lot of Lakers fans bad-mouthing Rajon Rondo. On this Lakers team, saying he doesn't belong, saying you know he's just kind of a a, a hanger on to this this Lakers team. He doesn't deserve to be on this team. Uh, do these people know about playoff Rondo, Jermaine?
1: They don't. They don't. They don't remember the eighth seed Bulls who almost upset Isaiah Thomas's one seed Celtics before Rajon Rondo broke his hand. They don't know about Rajon Rondo and Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins terrorizing the playoffs before DeMarcus Cousins tore his Achilles playoff Rondo is a real thing here's the thing Lakers fans red LeBron fans um were right Rondo was awful in the regular season he was awful and they had every right to say whatever they said about him but i I did make it a point to say playoff Rondo is a different beast. I can't defend regular season Rondo. And he (laughs) looks bad right now. And I'm telling you, he looks bad. I agree with you that he looks bad, but playoff Rondo is a thing. And here's the reason why it's a thing because Today's NBA plays a lot of one-on-one. There's not a lot of offense run. It's give it to your best guy 98% of the time, 98% usage rate. And at the top of the key, we're running pick and roll. He's going to get us the best available shot, right? There's not a ton of offense run, but when playoffs come and defense ramps up and there is, there's multiple games played, and they can hone in on what you do best and take that away. You need to be able to run a traditional offense, and that is what Rajon Rondo does. Here's the thing. He's a dominant rebounder for a guard, and if your guard can rebound it, and he can immediately push the rock. So that f- fuels the fast break. I mean, you saw the disrespectful lob to LeBron James yesterday. <laughs> it was the fourth quarter, and Rondo's like, oh, wide open layup? nah, I'm going to lob it up to LeBron for uh, off the – I think he threw it off the backboard for a alley-oop dunk. I'm like, yeah, really? Yeah, I, I was like, that's disrespectful, but that's playoff Rondo, right? And so the other thing is he assists make teams run so much more. Like assist is such an important stat. And Rondo – can get nine, ten assists easy in his sleep every game, and he's showing it right now. You're not going to see like he had a game where he hit a few threes, and you're not going to see that all the time. His three-pointing, his three-point shooting has gotten better, similar similar to the Jason Kidd style when Jason Kidd got older for Dallas, and it has gotten better. But the assists and the rebounds and the impact he has on defense, the way he can coach people up, he gets people into the right position, the way he runs offense, right? So he came down one time and he was like, Anthony Davis, post up, right? He told Anthony Davis to post up, fake the ball to Anthony Davis, defense shifts, boom, zips the ball to the other side of the court. That like that's what Rondo does. It's those things. It's the things that nobody pays attention to. And that's what that's why playoff Rondo is important. Plus, now LeBron can play off the ball. Doesn't have to carry the load all the time. Right. So doesn't
0: he, have to be point guard, yeah.
1: Yeah. And so he can he can cut and get a lob from Rondo and an easy bucket. And that's what LeBron needed. He doesn't need to be working the hardest all the time.
0: So. As, as evidenced by the trending article on CBS Sports NBA, Rajan Rondo's postseason emergence is validating Magic Johnson's rid- ridiculed philosophy on team building. That was five hours ago written on CBS Sports. So.
1: Wow. I guess I don't need you, CBS. Get your own There you cup. go. <laughs> yeah, get your own. <laughs> they stole
0: it from us. Oh, boy. Pivoting, pivoting to the uh, MLB, Jermaine. Just a quick note on the MLB. With less than 20 games left. If the season ended today, I'm going to read you what the playoffs would look like. All right. right? In the AL, the top seed is Oakland. So this is in order of seeds. Oakland is the top seed, followed by Tampa Bay, Chicago, Minnesota, Cleveland, Toronto, New York, and Houston. Right? The teams just outside the playoff race are going to blow your little mind. Are you ready? I am. Baltimore is a half game back. The Detroit Tigers are a game back and the Seattle Mariners are two games back. Okay. First That's of it. all, nobody believes anything you just said. <laughs> you, I'll read it again for the people that don't know. Baltimore, Detroit, and the Mariners, the Seattle Mariners, teams that have not made the playoffs since, well, Baltimore made it decently re- de- decently recently. Ooh, rhyme time. And uh, But other than that, those are those going into the year where teams that you could write off you could say there's no way they're going to make it that sounds fake I don't
1: believe you at all well here
0: well here listen listen to this then the NL right number one seed is the Dodgers followed by Atlanta the Cubs everything's copacetic at this point followed by the Padres at number four Cardinals or uh, uh Phillies Cardinals Miami Marlins at seven San Francisco Giants at eight
1: man this season's weird
0: the, that the, those are the teams in the playoffs right now Milwaukee, Milwaukee and Colorado are both two games back and the New York Mets are two and a half games back I don't like the, If all. the season ended today the National League would have San Diego obviously not a shocker right slam Diego this year and then Miami and San Francisco are in the playoffs right now I, I I just wanted to drop that on you because I because I looked at that stat today,
1: bro. That doesn't make any sense. The MLB is crazy this year. Miami, <laughs> Miami, and not
0: last either.
1: That's crazy. So Dallas Stars are up two one on the Golden Knights, bro.
0: Yeah, that I mean that the Dallas Stars are doing exactly the same thing that they did the Colorado Avalanche. They're not letting the speed of either the they're not letting the speed of their of the knights coming through the neut- neutral zone and set up in the offensive zone that, that's not what they're doing or they're not letting the knights do that also they block a ton of shots and they hit the crap out of you they're a big physical team who who negates speed by hitting you
1: man i told you i thought Dallas was going to win this series dude
0: i mean if if you're if you're quick if you're quick and you're fast it's cool but if you have somebody that's thirty pounds heavier than you <laughs> and hits you, it's kind of hard to be quick and fast. I mean, Colorado, Colorado saw that. It's just going to be how the. It's just to be how Vegas adapts to it. If Vegas can adapt and, and kind of set up more of an offense and, and not this dump and chase thing that's popular in the, uh, uh, the NHL these days, right? Then that's then then that's what's gonna uh, that's that's what's gonna happen. They, they have to be able to set up a traditional offense, move the puck around, and find ways to score. Because that's what Dallas does, and that's why they score.
1: Man, I love it. I love it, dude. English Premier League uh, actually starts uh, today, right? Saturday, I thought. Oh, Saturday. La Liga starts today.
0: La Liga starts today. That's correct, yeah.
1: All right, what do you got for uh, English Premier League?
0: Well, so... You know, looking at the slate of games, it's kind of hard to to predict some of the games because obviously you have three new teams, uh, Leeds United, West, Br- West Brom, Albion, and Fulham that are newly promoted, right? I think that uh, this year we're going to really see if Chelsea negating spending on their defense was a good idea, right? I told you that they're going to play a one uh, a 7 a um, we'll see if that works. Um, but for, in, in terms of, uh, bets, I really like, I I probably, so Southampton's playing Crystal Palace. They're at plus 151 right now. That's something that I'm looking at Southampton money line, uh, to win that game, uh, for the first weekend, Newcastle and West Ham, two teams that have awful defenses. So take the over two and a half in that one. Um, Tottenham is playing uh, Everton I think Tottenham's gonna win that game 2-0 so you can either take the 2-0 money line or you can take Tottenham uh, minus one so those are my kind of uh, opening uh, opening weekend bets for the uh, English Premier League what do you what do you got for in terms of people for the long bets? do you, do you see any teams sneaking into the sneaking into the top four or the top six? Man, give me, or, or give me, give me, give me your top four teams. Top four, man, that is. Uh, yes, Man City and Man United will be in there. Give me two more. I think it stays the same.
1: I think it's Chelsea and Liverpool. Chelsea's additions, um, man, they look like a really potent team. Honestly, like if you want to get feel froggy and jump, uh, a, a little pizza money on Chelsea winning the premier league outright is yeah, yeah is keep talking let me let me, that, let me see that's what that is that I've I've really flirted with but other than that I like the wolves again I think the wolves another year stronger and I know you just picked tottenham to be everton but everton sneaking james onto their squad adds a new really interesting dynamic I don't know
0: and a place and a place where he can play without pressure circa kind of uh columbia world cup
1: yeah, exactly, and so, the, you know, Sheffield United is probably gonna be pretty good again. It's there's always that one sneaky team, and I don't, I can't pick it out this year on who it's gonna be.
0: By the way, Chelsea to win right now on five times is plus one thousand. So maybe something to to throw a throw a hundred bucks on for that for that season long bet.
1: Yeah, I might I might be about it. I, it really, I just. As long as they don't bury Pulisic, because he was such a he was such a tempo changer. They made him yeah, number ten. That, God, I, you they, don't you don't bench your number ten, am I right?
0: They gave, they gave him number ten, so obviously they trust him enough.
1: It's my favorite number for a reason. Um, yeah, I like I like Chelsea to win outright. I know that Liverpool is still as good as advertised. I know that Man City is still as good as advertised, but. I mean we're 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 talking about value here right we don't want to bet liverpool we don't want to bet man city because their odds are probably not that great I think chelsea can do it I do I really do
0: Right now if we're talking about top 6 finishes vegas has obviously the big 6 just cuz that's the that's the most popular So man city liverpool manchester united chelsea arsenal and tottenham are all the favorites to make the top 6 the Wolves are just outside at plus two hundred. Then uh, Leicester at plus two fifty. Everton plus four twenty five to make the top six. So that might be that might be something to uh, to look into. And Leeds, newly promoted Leeds, only plus a thousand to make a top six finish. Really? Yeah,
1: that's interesting. I have to go take a look at that Leeds roster. I don't think I know it well enough to uh, say why it would be like that.
0: Yeah, I don't know either.
1: But uh, that's, that's really all we got for uh, football today, right? Yeah. All right. Let's uh, move on to the main topics.
0: Yeah. Talk about uh, talk about Thursday night football, real quick.
1: Okay. So Thursday night football. Uh, it didn't seem as different as I thought it would be watching football without fans. I think we I benefited from seeing a half-empty stadium and still seeing people. Still seeing people chant and whatnot, so it'll be very interesting to see an actually empty stadium, right? So there was about, I, I think it was seventeen thousand fans, but yeah,
0: should 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 have been sixteen thousand, but yeah, they didn't really look like they were social distancing very well.
1: All, <laughs> all in all, uh, it was good to see football back. Uh, everything felt pretty regular, felt pretty pretty uh, standard, as average. And uh, it was it was a very entertaining game. It was not close. Uh, Houston looked rusty on offense, right? I expect them to get much much better. And here's the crazy part: Kansas City looked rusty on offense, and they still dropped 34 on their heads. After about the third drive of the game, Kansas City looked lights out, so much better. The scary thing is how well Kansas City's defense played, uh, in particular their corner position. If they can ball out like that and bring pressure like that on a regular basis, and that that rookie, uh, what's his name, Sneed, Ladarius Sneed, he ended up starting at cornerback for them and just had his fingerprints all over the game. Uh, the interception he got was tipped at the line of scrimmage or his, Deshaun's arm was hit, but he still has to go catch it. <laughs>
0: you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he,
1: he, you don't completely discredit that. He still got the interception. Where That's right. We, we've seen some people drop it. So uh, I was—that was great to see from Kansas City. The repeat run is on. Uh, I know it's one game, but it seems like Kansas City to to win the Super Bowl again is not that outlandish. Because I mean, we haven't seen someone repeat in such a long time that um, it's kind of uncommon to say, but. There's very strong possibility from this. The second thing I want to point out, right?
0: Well, you may uh, – you tell tell the people about the comp that I that I absolutely gushed over from you that that you compared them to.
1: Compared who to
0: the Chiefs? Remember the Chiefs? You said they look like the 2008 oh, New England Patriots.
1: Yeah, yeah, they look like I, Yeah, that's what I said. I was just like, this team has the makings of the 2007 New England Patriots, where they're just gonna run up the score and they're just going to look super dominant and score a ton of points all year because the crazy part is is, is the fact that they did look rusty you know what i mean is that yeah. they were off off the page but the it's like one thing i want to stay away from in fantasy now after seeing this game is the chiefs second wide receiver because every single one of them had their fingerprints on that game it's essentially like just pick one one of them will hit that week like, that's how it feels. Sammy Watkins always plays big week one. He scored 33 points in week one last year, and then he didn't do anything. Demarcus Robinson, if he would got his head out of his ass, he would have had two <laughs> touchdowns. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nico Hardman didn't even do anything, and he's a second-round pick. It's, this team is scary. It's so scary that their rookie running back is as good as advertised, and even he looked rusty. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the kid balled. He was not very good in the red zone. That we could take what you said about the Dallas Stars being bigger, 30 pounds heavier. Uh, yeah. He looked terrible in the red zone.
0: Yeah, uh, not good.
1: So if I was a Clyde Edwards, uh, Hilaire owner, I'd be a little nervous about that. But all in all, Kansas City, uh, I mean, what's not to like? Patrick Mahomes, as good as advertised. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz led up a sack. I laughed about that. <laughs> Uh, freaking right tackle I had to just just poo poo everywhere.
0: If I could share a stat with you, Jermaine, sure, go ahead. In the last two meetings, so obviously the last meeting being the playoff game, and this this game on Thursday Night Football to kick off the 2020 NFL season, the Chiefs have outscored the Houston Texans 75 to 51. Not a, not an outstanding number. That's 24 points over two games, right? Right in the second quarter, the Kansas City Chiefs have outscored the Houston Texans thirty-five to three.
1: Gotta love Bill O'Brien, dude.
0: (laughs) In all other quarters, that means if you're following around at home, the Texans have won all other quarters forty-eight to thirty or forty-eight to forty.
1: Unbelievable, unbelievable, bro. Watching watching Houston yesterday was super frustrating. They they just they didn't get players involved. They just didn't have it. They they kept calling the wide receivers were getting crushed outside the numbers, and they kept calling plays to get wide receivers open outside the numbers. It didn't work.
0: Or they'd line up and run a traditional power and that would get stopped. It's like
1: David Johnson averaged seven point three yards per carry, run the football, halfback screens, bring in two tight ends and use Darren Fells and Jordan Akins. Jordan Aikens had a great cap. He's he's like a fantasy sleeper this year, and they didn't even they didn't use Jordan Aikens until the fourth quarter where he caught that spectacular touchdown pass. Yeah, like what are you doing? Adjust, please, for once in your goddamn life, Bill O'Brien, make adjustments to your no, game
0: plan. You don't need to. He's only trailing the team that's now beat him twice in a row by twenty four points
1: can't can't stand it they beat the chiefs last year right in the regular season by holding the ball for 40 minutes that's how you have to beat this team why didn't you run the football more why didn't you anything more the first drive they handed off david johnson five yards what you know what you do you hand it off again until they stop that
0: or you hand it off or you fake like you're handing it off and then throw it over the top.
1: Nah, dude. Bill O'Brien doesn't believe in play action. He just tells LeBron to stand back. I mean, LeBron.
0: <laughs> LeBron. Jeez, that was, that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> he just tells
1: Deshaun to stand back there and not get murdered and make miraculous plays. He's like, hey, throw go. The, throw the ball right when you're about to get hit. Try to throw the ball. He's like, hey, go make magic. Can't stand Bill O'Brien.
0: Well Jermaine, we have a outstanding announcement that we've been that you've you've alluded at with that uh, Mich- Mitchell Schwartz giving up a sack. Yeah. The official Room 303 NFL Top 100 list is being worked right now. Jermaine and I are going to release a four-part mini series if you will, mini podcast in which we give uh 25 players at a time starting from 100 obviously ending with number 1 uh of the of what we think the NFL's top 100 players are.
1: Yeah. So uh there was the much maligned NFL top 100 list drop this year and people were were pretty hot. And so uh I mean with Just Cause. So Nick and I made our top 100 list uh, just to get in in the fray and cause some mayhem, I guess, uh, cuz there's not enough chaos in the world right now. And uh so we one one important caveat is that we only factored in we only factored in 2019's play.
0: Yes. No so, no name recognition no, no name recognition, excuse me.
1: Exactly. So if you <laughs> yeah, if you didn't If you were, you know, if you're, uh, you know, we'll just give a little, uh, we'll give a little teaser. If you're JJ Watts, sorry, bro. (laughs) Sorry, you ain't on the list, dog. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. So it'll be a lot of fun. So keep an eye out for those uh, four. They should be dropping relatively soon. Follow us on the socials. We'll let you know when they're coming out.
0: All right, so Jermaine, the kickoff of the NFL season brings with it obviously tons of pundits, uh, talking about NFL awards and Super Bowl matchups. So I figured we can do that here on room three oh three. So if we'll uh we'll run down the list and just give real quick uh a little who you think's gonna gonna do it and a little blurb. So coach of the year.
1: Are you going first or am I going first?
0: You go first and then I'll follow up.
1: Oh, man. Coach of the year. I think I'm going. All right. So for those of you at home, this is all on the spot. I like John Gruden this year as the coach of the year. So, I mean, he had that team competing last year and they didn't have nearly the talent they have at wide receiver this year. They made some great defensive additions. Their roster uh, looks completely revamped, refreshed. Jonathan Abrams is back from from injury, and he was really good to start the season. Max Crosby no longer has a broken hand, and he was really good during the season last year. So now we expect him to take another leap. Yeah, I like this. I like this This Raiders team. They can run the football. They have a gigantic offensive line that's very, very underrated. Um Jerry Judy, I think, is going to be a phenomenal ball player. Brian Edwards is a nice sleeper wide receiver because he was hurt, so he dropped in the draft. Waller the Baller is still there, and Hunter Renfro is a poor man's Wes Welker. Watch him eat, bro. He's going to be like he's going to make people forget that Cole Beasley is even in the league. That's how Hunter Renfro is going to play. So I really, really like this that team a lot this year.
0: I think if I may, if I'm if someone puts a gun to my head and asks me to choose coach of the year, the safe pick is Andy Reid for all the all the reasons that we mentioned we were talking about Thursday night football. I think that if the Miami Dolphins are able to go a- eight yeah, Brian Brian Flores is winning coach of the year. You see what he did with that team last year? If he's able to have success, the Miami Dolphins, I mean, you heard people talking about last year about talking about how he's changed the culture of the organization, how he's got these got the locker room playing together, how he's taking guys that aren't really that good and, and making them better players through coaching. That's coach of the year material. But the thing that held him back is the Dolphins were terrible because they started the year terrible. They had no talent. You can get the Dolphins to 8 and 8 or 9 and 7. I think he wins coach of the year.
1: Dude, so I was sitting here, I almost picked uh I almost picked Brian Flores.
0: So my so my my pick is going to be Andy Reid because that's the safe pick. But my dark horse is going to be Brian Flores. So I love
1: on. it. I'm on board for that. I'm all about it. I love Brian Flores as a coach. He's going to do a good job this year.
0: Take me through Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and then obviously the rookies for the same.
1: Man, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, screw you. you. You cost me last year, but I'm going Miles Garrett again, dude. Miles Garrett's uh, statistics are shocking on how dominant he is, um, and he's he's got a lot to prove this year. He's going to metaphorically beat everyone over the head with a helmet, not literally. <laughs> metaphorically.
0: <laughs> metaphorically, literally does and screws Jermaine again.
1: <laughs> Which that's my fault this time. Offensive Player of the Year, man.
0: So defensive player of the year for me, to say he had an off year last year because he only had 12.5 sacks, I think Aaron Donald is winning uh, defensive player of the year. Obviously not a crazy pick because he's won it three times. Yeah, but but that's
1: pretty status quo for you. I mean, you've got Andy Reid, Aaron Donald. You're really out on a limb over there.
0: I got to make the safe picks.
1: (laughs) Reel it back in, buddy. (laughs) Offensive player of the year. I think uh, Saquon Barkley is going to go 1,000-1,000 this year. Okay. And I think that he has 80 catches and 250 totes. So at least 250. I mean, they might get crazy and give him 300 totes and 80 catches. I think he gets Offensive Player of the Year. I think he scores a ridiculous amount of touchdowns. I think uh, this Giants team on offense is going to be super hard to guard against. Uh, guard against to defend and, um, because they got weapons on the field, they got playmakers. So it's, it's, it should be a lot of fun to watch this Giants team this year. Uh, Jason Garrett is the offensive coordinator, Joe Judge is the Patriots wide receiver coach. So expect some interesting, crazy things to come out of the offense as well. Saquon's going to get used very well, and I think he wins offensive player of the year.
0: I, uh, that's probably a good one.
1: You gotta go. With, I just pick them, dude.
0: I can't look past. I, I I have this thing in my mind that Tom Brady's gonna win Offensive Player of the Year. That's not where I saw you going in Bruce Arians' offense that had Jameis Winston. Jameis, Jameis, what color are we wearing, Winston? <laughs> Who's throw my thirty favorite? So throw thirty touchdowns last year, and you added Rob, Rob Gronk. Rob Gronk. I'm just gonna say Gronk. Jesus, Gronk. Uh, LaShawn McCoy. And Leonard Fournette to that offense, with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and OJ the Realist Howard. I mean, like I I just I think a guy like Tom Brady is going to flourish in that system, and he has a little bit better football brain, football IQ than Jameis Winston. I can't look past him for my offensive player of the year.
1: I respect it. That's a great choice. That also means that Ryan is going to owe me a jersey at the end of the season. Let's get it, son. <laughs>
0: All right. Uh, offensive Rookie of the Year, I can name what we both think. It's going to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. uh uh-uh. to- No? You don't think so? Joe okay. Burrow. Ah, interesting.
1: Joe Burrow. That pass-catching group he has around him. Tyler Board, A.J. Green, Auden Tate. They brought in T. Higgins, the rookie, to develop with him. Joe Mixon and their first-round pick from last year, Jonah Williams, comes in to be the left tackle this year. Help sure up that offensive line. They added some key pieces on defense. This Bengals team is going to surprise some people. They're going to play well. They're probably still going to lose the games. <laughs> I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm just saying that Joe Burrow should probably be rookie of the year.
0: Okay uh all right i yeah clyde clyde edwards hilaire for me defensive player of the year
1: i mean it's the same for both of us
0: yeah chase young yeah it's gonna be chase young next, okay next. okay moving on we don't even need to say anything moving on <laughs> moving on comeback player of the year i think you can tell i think you can name who i'm gonna pick right off the bat so you're gonna pick cam newton it's a stand. i'm a stand. i'm a cam newton stand.
1: uh i got i got. i would have picked him too but i'm gonna go with someone else you ready
0: okay so you so just so just just to just we are in agreement that it's going to be Cam Newton, but because you are a professional podcast host, you are choosing another person. Correct. Okay, okay good. good.
1: <laughs> this man is gonna have zero snaps for zero yards, zero completions, zero touchdowns, uh <laughs> zero fumbles, zero interceptions, and he's still my comeback player of the year. Can you name this man?
0: It's Alex Smith.
1: It's Alex Smith. He's already the comeback player of the year. I don't, I don't care what Cam Newton Cam does. Cam
0: always getting duped.
1: <laughs> I don't care what Cam Newton does. Alex Smith's already the comeback player of the year, dog. He's the $6 million man. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. That's All right. that's great. Uh, MVP.
1: MVP. Um, I mean, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? Lamar Jackson again? No. Who do you got? I'm going second on this one. Oh, Jesus.
0: I mean, I, yeah, I'll take the safe bet and say Patty Mahomes. Uh, I willed my dark horse again, Tom Brady, Tom Brady for MVP.
1: Oh, I hate you so much. Right just now. to
0: stick it to Patriots fans. But
1: you have the, you have the saints going 14 and two though.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so you know sorry. what? You know what? No, I'll change it up. Russell Wilson.
1: Oh, that's who I was going to pick. Okay. dude. You just named three players. Come on.
0: It's not going right. to be Russell Wilson.
1: All right, I'm going dark horse here. Drew Brees is last year. He uses all his arm strength and he
0: lethally dies
1: <laughs> 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 on the field, gladiator style. Yeah. The Elijah Fields uh, no throws the last touchdown pass and goes <laughs> does oh. he know. Doesn't even hold up the trophy. Yeah. Just goes out, just just disintegrates like Thanos. You have snaps. to
0: give it. Do you have to give it to a player if he has like a, a forty five hundred yard season, fifty touchdown passes, and dies on the field? Is that an automatic MVP award?
1: One thousand percent, dog. <laughs> they might name the MVP trophy after him.
0: The Drew Brees trophy. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. So
1: I think I think Drew Brees shocks everyone this year and leads the league in twenty plus yard completions. And wins the MVP. Okay. This is just bold predictions since you took Russell Wilson.
0: That's good. <laughs> give me your give me your best team and then on the flip side, your worst team. or Give me your worst team first and then best teams. We'll talk about best teams from the AFC and best teams from the NFC. And then we'll, par- we'll parlay that into a Super Bowl matchup and a winner.
1: Man, worst team. It's going to shock some people. Uh, I'm going to go with a sleeper because there's some very, very obvious choices. But... I think the Chicago Bears might be the worst team in football this year. Uh, and 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 then best team. Uh, well, I mean, we already heard what I said about Kansas City, so clearly I'm going Kansas City best team. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a limb like like Nick.
0: I've I have a split for a best team or for a worst team. Okay. Uh, I think the Washington Football Team and Don't the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: I don't agree with either of those. I mean, I agree with the I agree with the Jaguars one. Yeah,
0: the Jaguars are my front runner, and Washington, depending on how they ha- handle this controversy this year, is my is my dark horse. I think for, so for I, best team, I have a regular season best team, and I have a playoff best team. The Baltimore Ravens will be the regular season best team. But I do not have faith that Lamar Jackson will bring them to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl. Therefore, KC will be the best team that comes out of the AFC. So you think
1: Baltimore has a better record than Kansas City at the end yes. of the year? Yes, I'll take that bet. Okay. All right, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, add it to the notes at the bottom.
0: All right. So what's the uh, what's the Super Bowl matchup then?
1: All right. So uh, I just want to make a quick note, uh, not to to. Hurt your feelings or anything, but I think uh, Carolina Panthers have a real good shot at being the worst team. I actually
0: here's um, why they're not going to. Do you want to know why they're not going to? Why? Because they were six and ten last year, and Carolina has a has a uh, has a variance of plus four point four wins a year, plus or minus. Yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna win two games this year. <laughs> it would not surprise me. You like that? I should be like, no, nah, screw you, man. But now oh, I they're, think they're they're gonna uh, win ten.
1: Uh, oh my God! I'll I'll take that bet too. I'll you get over ten.
0: I get under. Okay. All right. Two bets. No, like over nine and a half. No, you said that. no. I'm not taking it over ten. No. No ten is
1: ten is the push. That's what I'm saying. So if it hits ten, it's a push. Nobody wins. Okay. All right. So, um, it's dude of their 15 highest defensive snap players last uh-huh. year. They're returning four.
0: We don't need we don't need that's that's the thing about the Carolina Panthers. They don't need fancy stats like that. They <laughs> they just find ways to win in years that no one expects expects. Rookie head coach from college, no preseason I, game. I agree with you, but on I agree with you. On the surface, it looks bad, but Carolina feels like finds rookie, ways to
1: rookie offensive coordinator with no offensive coordinators coordinating experience in the NFL.
0: Just whatever, that he's, man. <laughs>
1: You're crazy. No, I'm right, not. Super Bowl matchups. Super Bowl matchups. Let's get to the Super Bowl matchups. You ready? Uh,
0: it's, yeah. It's going to be Kansas City and New Orleans.
1: Oh, man. That'd
0: be a fun game.
1: Here's the thing. They actually play each other uh, the Sunday before Christmas this year. Well, that's good. Maybe that's a little preview. Um, I'm actually going to go – I'm going to go Seattle. Seattle versus Pittsburgh. Okay. Seattle over
0: so it will Pittsburgh, what, what seed will Pittsburgh make the playoffs?
1: Pittsburgh is actually going to win their division. So I'm also Okay. I'm also poo-pooing your best team Ravens. <laughs> so I think the AFC runs through Big Ben in Pittsburgh now. They've got decent weapons at wide receiver they're running backs. uh they got a ton of talent at running back uh still have a very good offensive line and then that defense is so stacked um that i think that the AFC is going to run through pittsburgh this year uh and interesting and i think that uh uh your the Russell Wilson MVP pick that I was gonna make. <laughs> that's that's how he gets it. And that's how he gets it. He makes it, well he would get it based on regular season, but he's gonna get them to the Super Bowl this year.
0: Okay. So you heard it here first, folks, on room three oh three. Let's move into find him and cut 'em, Jermaine. You have you have some great entries for this week.
1: Everybody's favorite, find him and cut 'em. Uh two pitchers that just missed the list. Clayton Kershaw's extra mm-hmm. inning rules take. And Shut And his- Clayton. <laughs> and then Philly's righty Zach Wheeler hurt his hurt himself putting on pants. <laughs> it's
0: it's it's just baseball. It's just baseball, dude.
1: <laughs> you soft players, bro. So soft. Anyways, um, Daniel House Jr. is exiting the bubble. He's been dismissed by the Houston Rockets because the NBA has found that he had an unauthorized personnel in his room. It was a young lady that worked there who I believe did like uh, the testing at the hotel. And
0: hell yeah. (laughs) Daniel.
1: (laughs) Damn Daniel.
0: Damn Daniel.
1: (laughs) And so uh, as much as I understand uh, his desire, she was probably attractive. You know, they probably were, they were probably vibing. And so she came up
0: She stuck things in him, you know,
1: but (laughs) well, well done, but dog, you're trying to win a championship. What is you doing, bro? What is
0: you doing, baby?
1: Oh my God. You're finding cut, bro. You're a bum.
0: Yeah. And obviously this is, this was not on the list as of today, but, uh, Skip Bayless making his comments on Dak Prescott. So for those of you who haven't seen it, Dak Prescott basically came out and said uh, that during the quarantine he was starting to feel a little bit depressed, uh, and then he had a major life event happen in which his brother was killed. Right?
1: No, he committed suicide. His, oh,
0: so his brother committed suicide. So that's even worse because you don't you can't blame it on anybody, right? So he was already feeling depressed in the in the. Uh, The quarantine, which has been a much talked about issue, right? That people are, you know, that you take basically human interaction away from people that they need. We're a social, we're social. That's, that's in our evolution. That's in our DNA. So already already he wasn't feeling good. And then his brother commits suicide. How do you think he's going to feel? So obviously, so he was very bravely came out before the NFL season and admitted in an interview and admitted that he was feeling a little bit depressed. And Skip Bayless got on his TV show uh, and basically shit all over Dak Prescott for saying like, "Oh, well, he should have he should have seeked out counseling and and he needs to be a better person because he's the leader of America's football team." Yeah, he pretty much. First of all, Skip, stop it! Like, he's a leader. He's a quarterback in that locker room. He doesn't need to. Leaders can admit when they're feeling. A little, a little bit down. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. That's, I, I was I, watching I, it, and it's kind of like, is this? So he said, he said these
1: comments yesterday, and I, I didn't, doubled down this morning. With the, with yeah, the, he did. He doubled down on the show again and did not apologize. It's absolutely disgusting and repre- reprehensible to have this stance. Just, it almost feels like the sake of having a stance. Like, I don't care that he's a million dollar man in the world. I don't care that he's the quarterback of a professional football team. His brother committed suicide, man.
0: Well, also like, it doesn't matter. Like sometimes, you know, power and money magnifies everything by a thousand percent. So, I mean, you, we don't know how many actors and professional football players and people like this, that, that have a lot of power we've seen commit suicide and we're like why did he do that he robin was at the top robin williams the funniest dude on the planet philip seymour hoffman I chris Barley. Jim, jim, jim carrey hasn't killed himself yet but struck owen wilson both of them have struggled with mental health issues they're the funniest people on the planet
1: it's I unbelievable think. that he had this
0: stance dude i just
1: i don't understand what he's talking about
0: especially in this de- like 10 years ago right 10 years ago Dak prescott wouldn't have said anything now, like when 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 people are being applauded for coming out and 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 athletes are acting more are trying to humanize themselves, and we can say, "Hey, Dak Prescott's just like me. He just has he just works a little bit harder, or maybe he has you know that that athletic gene in him that I don't have, but he's a regular person. He gets upset too."
1: Yeah, I mean, he's just like me. We had zero playoff appearances last.
0: <laughs> <week>. <laughs> <Damn>.
1: <laughs> I a little dig at Dak. Um, No, dude.
0: Here, Germain with his first appearance on the find him and cut him list.
1: (laughs) It's just, it's just bad taste, especially when it's the quarterback of your team, right? The dude is dealing with unprecedented isolationism after his brother committed suicide, and the fact that you still have this thing where people have to maintain this bravado and still be this tough guy is sick, bro. It's sick. Skip Bayless not only are you fine and cut by us, but you should be fine and cut in real life. Yeah, like, seriously. This is as bad as it gets. Sometimes you have takes to have a take, right? Like I messed with my friends the other day and said that LeBron James is a top five in the league right now. Full well knowing that's a bunch of crap. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. But come on, man. This is This is not the take to have. This is not the stance to have. Like what is wrong with you? yeah god I, I i'm i'm just it, it made me so hot yesterday i didn't want to talk about it and i wasn't going to talk about it today until he doubled down yeah all right but that's all i got dude
0: yeah i, I don't really have anything else to say you're finding cut and hopefully uh life imitates art and you're really finding cut
1: yeah like Jadavion Clowney of the titans
0: <laughs> that's right <laughs> life in- imitating art all right jermaine give the people uh the trivia answer Give the people what they want. Give them. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. What –
1: the trivia question is, what is the record for most pitches seen in one at-bat? Bonus, what year and which teams? So, this was brought up because earlier this week, Cardinals, Matt Wieters faced Twins, Caleb Sybar, and faced 19 pitches in one at-bat. He fouled off 10 straight. How did the
0: at-bat end, by the way? He flew out. I always love that. Like people talk about, like, and that is a great at bat, by the way. So, for for, for you non baseball folks out there, a pitcher should be aiming to throw between 10 to 15 pitches an inning, right? That keeps you on that. Well, at your most should be 20, right? Because you basically, you know, extrapolate that over a seven inning game. That's 100. Well, a, a quality start is considered. If I throw 20 pitches for six innings, I've now thrown 120 pitches. I'm at my limit, right? If I can have some innings in there where I throw 10, some innings where I throw 15, that's, I don't want to go any higher than 20. So when a guy works a count this high, it doesn't matter what he does. He could strike out at a curveball that bounced 30 feet in front of him. It's a good at bat because he worked the pitcher to his maximum in one at bat.
1: Yeah. He, he, he did uh, so much work for later on in the game. That's right. Yeah, like that. That's where it came from. The worst part was, is he flew out with bases loaded, though. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, but the trivia answer, right? So the trivia answer to what is the record for most pitches seen in what bat, teams, and year is San Francisco's Brandon Belt faced twenty-one pitches against Los Angeles Angels Jamie Badia in the first inning
0: in two thousand eighteen. I remember that, actually. I don't know why I did, but I think MLB.com did, like, a live look-in. It was like, Brandon Belt is on pitch 15. Let's uh, let dive <laughs> in. So he had 16
1: foul balls, and he was the one who had 10 straight, not Mad Wieters. Mm-hmm. And he
0: also flew out. <laughs> Sometimes when you face that many pitches, the back shoulder dips a little bit.
1: Yeah, you know, got a little under the ball, just That's under right. <laughs> yeah, a twenty-one is a lot of pitches, as Nick just evidenced with his uh, discussion. So, but that's all we have for you today, ladies and gentlemen. As always, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Room Three Zero Three. What do you got for him, Nick?
0: No, that's that's it. Thanks for uh, listening. Remember to like, comment, download, subscribe. Uh, let us know we're uh, we're on all podcast platforms. And uh, shout out to Thrive Fantasy, obviously the the number one sponsor of the show. And uh, keep following Thrive Fantasy for all your uh, player prop needs.
1: One of one. Yeah, that's right. Thrive Fantasy. Go in. Football season's here. Go play some daily prop bets. Deposit $20 and earn $20 with promo code ROOM303. That's
0: That's right.
1: On Thrive Fantasy. Go to to Apple Store or Google Play and download the Thrive Fantasy app.
0: Now. What are you waiting for? Do it now
1: turn off this podcast and go do it we do, how many times we got to tell you
0: <laughs> All right, everybody i so you might not i don't know when the next time you're actually going to hear our live voices is are is are but the uh like i said the nfl 100 will be coming at you guys next starting next week uh until then be safe be happy uh and uh have one for me
1: alex smith is comeback player of the year enthusiastic keys out Hey, Room 303 listeners. Are you looking for a way to make every game day exciting, even when your favorite team isn't suiting up? Then Thrive Fantasy is the destination you're looking for. A -a one-of-a-kind daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have options for NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, and esports. Guess what? They even take all the research out of it for you by only asking about top-tier athletes in their respective sports. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over-under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is, baby. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Build your lineup daily and earn all that moolah. For NFL, choose 10 out of 20 player prop options. NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports, choose 5 out of 10 player prop options. With PGA having new contests each match day, Thursday, Friday, and so on, Still on the fence? Well, here's the nudge you need. Use promo code ROOM303 when you sign up and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. I'll repeat that. Promo code ROOM303. A $20 bonus. Thrive has awarded over $1.3 million in prizes since launch in 2018. What are you waiting for? To be up 28 to 3? Download Thrive Fantasy now and prop up today. Not all states qualify.